Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz videos. Uh, I'm sure many of you have seen these videos before. Thank you so much for coming back. If you haven't seen these videos before, these videos are for all instruments. It doesn't matter if you're a singer or a bass player or whatever the deal is. Now, I've done uh, over a hundred of these uh, YouTube videos and here I am back for another one. And uh, here's my goal. I want this to be the best and greatest of all the Digging Deeper videos. Uh, the reason I say that is there's three things I want to give you really quickly. First of all, I want to show you a very cool lick, just a fantastic bebop lick. Um, second of all, this was taught to me by Sonny Stitt. So I just kind of want to talk about how it is I got a lesson with Sonny Stitt. And the third thing is a very important idea of what to do with licks when we get them. How to... So what I want to talk about is how to generalize it. What what can we do looking, what I want to do is look behind the lick, see what's there, and how can we use it in a million different places. We don't want a lick that just fits one place, and if somebody happens to call that tune, thank goodness I learned this lick. No, how can we figure out what's going on behind the lick? Okay, so uh, you're probably thinking to yourself, huh, did Jeff really study with Sonny Stitt? Jeff doesn't look that old. Jeff looks so young. I know you're thinking that stuff. So here's the thing. No, I didn't study with Sonny Stitt like we were in the same room, but I've studied with Sonny Stitt. I have studied with him. So I got this lick, a very good friend of mine, Luis Hernandez, fantastic saxophone player who I get to play with, very good friend. Um, he transcribed a Sonny Stitt uh, solo on the tune Indiana. Let me put this up on the screen for you. Um, and this is the lick that you heard me playing before. That lick. So it's off a famous recording that Stitt did in 1954. And that's that lick really caught my ears. So is it a little disingenuous to say I studied with Sonny Stitt? I don't think so. I don't think so. Had Stitt and I been sitting in the same room, he could have maybe told me some cool stories or yelled at me or whatever Sonny Stitt would have done. But um, I learned a ton. I studied with Sonny Stitt. And this is that's one of the big things. That's one of the points I want to make to you is you can learn from the greats. You can take a lesson. And what I'm talking about is learn some of what they did, then analyze why they did it. We can get so far with that. So if that's all you get from this idea, transcribing, right? The idea or looking at a transcription and figuring out what to do. Now this lick, let me play it for you one more time. I really, really love this thing. Now you'll see on the sheet, item number one, I pretty much played item number one. In the third measure, he sort of keeps going from there. There's a diminished chord that comes next that I didn't put in there, but he, the lick sort of carries on. Now that's what he plays in the first chorus of Indiana. When that chord change comes up, that's what he plays. Here's the thing. A couple choruses later, what does he play? He plays this. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah, it's the exact same thing. He plays, I can't remember if it's six or seven choruses, and he plays this exact same thing twice. There's another lick that's very, very similar that he plays essentially the same three times. So here's the thing about Sonny Stitt. This is one of the things I learned when I studied with Sonny Stitt, is that 
in death in particular places in his solos, he would play the exact same thing. He would plug in a lick that he had clearly practiced. Sonny Stitt didn't have to tell me what he was practicing. I can tell because when someone has six opportunities to play a D minor chord and they play the same thing two, three, four, five times in a row, that lets me know that's not luck. That lets me know he was prepared and that's what came out of his horn in that moment. So there's a couple things there. First of all, if Stitt valued this lick well enough to practice it and put it into his solos, perhaps it's a good thing for me to learn and for you to learn. So there you go. That's one thing I learned from Sonny Stitt. The next thing is it's okay to repeat yourself. You can use the same lick twice in a solo or five times in a solo. I've listened to a lot of Sonny Stitt and I've been stunned every single time when I transcribe it or look at a transcription and see, oh my God, he played that thing like nine times in this solo. But I never realize it. I've listened to that song hundreds of times and I just heard brilliance. I didn't hear that lick got played nine times. So that is a huge lesson to take away is that when you learn a lick, when you learn a melodic device, use it, use it often. The audience isn't grading you and judging you on the fact that you've already used it twice in your solo. That ain't happening. So here's what I wanna talk about this idea of generalizing what's going on. Look what he plays over the D minor section. Those are chord tones. And beyond chord tones, it's a triad. All those notes that he's playing are from that D minor triad. And if we look what he plays in the next measure. Again, it's almost entirely chord tones. There's one or two passing notes. And the last two beats of that second measure is an arpeggio up, three, five, seven, flat nine. It's, so this is, again, a huge lesson of what I learned from Sonny Stitt is chord tones, chord tones, chord tones, and arpeggios, right? Let's listen to it again. When we start adding up what I've already learned from this lick, there's quite a bit. Now, here's that part that I was talking about, about generalizing. In other words, so I've learned this specific lick that has what? Like 12, 15, 17 notes in it. That's kind of a big, long lick. I'm going to have to wait for the perfect place for this to come up for me to play it, right? So, well, here's uh, one thought. How often do these chord changes come up? The answer is a ton. There are so many songs that use this set of chord changes. That one little spot in Indiana where Sonny Stitt played it. The song uh, Softly Is In A Morning Sunrise. The song Yesterdays. The song um, Alone Together. A Night in Tunisia. Black Nile by uh, Wayne Shorter. There are hundreds of songs that use a 2-5-1 in minor. It's not that big a deal. You'll find a lot of places to play it. So here's the generalization part. If we add up all these notes, like what was he thinking about? He played these arpeggios. We know there's a lot of chord tones. That's fantastic. But a lot of people ask me, here's a minor chord. Should I play Dorian? Should I play Phrygian? What's the difference between melodic minor and harmonic minor? 
were all very confused about these minor chords and scales. I certainly was. And uh, so how about let's just ask Sonny Stitt what he was doing. So here's what I did. I took all the notes, the whatever it is, 15, 16, 20 notes from that lick and put them in a row. And what do we come up with? Here's what we come up with. minor scale. So if you've seen some of the other videos, you know that I really favor the harmonic minor scale when we're in a minor key playing minor two five ones. Why do I like that? Because I learned it from Sonny Stitt. You're getting the point, right? I've never met Sonny Stitt. I never got to hear him live. I have learned so much. And I guarantee if Sonny Stitt and I got to sit in a room together, I've learned more from looking at his transcriptions than what he probably would have imparted to me. That said, it would have been a cool-ass story to say I hung out with Sonny Stitt for an hour. But I guarantee I've learned so much from Sonny Stitt. So, let's kind of put together all the stuff we've talked about here. So this idea, you can study with your heroes. You can do it. Sometimes you may need a little help to discern what you've uh, discovered there, but we can get a lot done. Okay, second thing is here is a cool Sunny Stitt lick, my gift to you. This is a fantastic lick. Learn it and learn it in a couple keys. For some of us, we'll learn it in 12 keys. And then this idea of once we have a lick, let's analyze it. Why is it so fantastic? So for me, I noticed so many chord tones. I noticed arpeggios. I noticed the harmonic minor scale is what's going on behind the scenes. So I learned something about shapes arpeggios. I learned something about note choices, which scale, you know, the harmonic background. And then I learned this idea of him favoring arpeggios. That's a huge lesson in bebop right there. So that's uh, really kind of what I want to pass on to you today. That great lick, go study with one of your favorites, and the idea of sort of figuring out what's behind the lick. Now, I know for a lot of us, we've been doing this kind of stuff a little bit over the years. And the trick is, well, I've got this lick, but I don't really have the context, or I don't really, I haven't seen enough stuff. I don't know that's the harmonic scale. How would I know that? Well, that's where getting some good guidance from a mentor, a coach, a teacher would help. This is the kind of stuff we're going to be doing on the Jazzwire website. So if you haven't heard about it, go to jazzwire.net, check it out. That's going to be a place where we can work together like in a very real way. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope that helps. And uh, you've got a really great Sunny Stitt lake now. Go listen to some Stitt. Take care, guys. Hey.